I'm starting this episode slightly differently and um, firstly I just want to say thank you so much to every single one of you who's taken the time to listen to the podcast um, up till now and also I do not take your attention lightly honestly. Um, I really appreciate uh, that you're you're giving me your time and uh, listening to this podcast so I need your help. Um, A real goal of mine is to make this the the go-to place if you work in the recruitment industry or if you're interested in the recruitment industry to learn from others. And the best way for me to do that is to listen to my audience. So I need your help um, with basically providing me with what you want me to cover. So um, if there's any particular topics you want me to go over, please do get in touch. If there's any particular questions uh, that you want me to ask the future guests, then please do get in touch about that as well. The best way is probably on LinkedIn. So if you don't have me on LinkedIn already, Uh, please do send me a connection request I'd love to hear from you and that's Hisham Azuz on LinkedIn and as I said I want to keep on on the topics I want to make sure I'm talking about the right things for for you guys Um, and the best way to do that is to listen to my audience so please 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 if you do have the time um, get in touch I would love to hear from you the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast my name is Hisham Azuz and today I'm joined by John Gorhan now that <laughs> uh, who is the CEO of Finney James thank you for uh, coming over to East London today John I really appreciate it okay. um, so I know I've got a bit of a flavour of this at the, the recent Recruitment Network event but where I always like to start is, is a story as to how you got into recruitment so let, let's start there how did uh, how did you enter the recruitment industry how'd that happen okay so uh by mistake, like probably everybody else you've interviewed so far. Yeah. So uh, I had a quite, a, I suppose, an interesting journey into recruitment. So I, I left school at 18, got a job in a bank, yeah. hated it, yeah. uh, didn't want to kind of admit failure, so pretended I still worked in the bank, even though I had left what, after about parents, six weeks. They so, thought you were still working there. Yeah, so yeah. my parents kind of thought I was still working there. And, oh, no. Uh, I was, you know, spending time in the, you know, the library and kind of finding things to do. Before How did you I, pull that off? Yeah, uh, very badly. Because, <laughs> uh, very badly because they, you know, they found out, and then, yeah. it, you know, when they found out, I then got a job with my dad and spent three years kind of pulling cables and oh. digging holes at oh, Sandler. I was so refinery. bad at that. Oh, oh, I, 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 I was not so good. Uh, uh, but then at twenty-one, I decided to go to uh, Liverpool. John Moores to, did a degree. And really didn't know what I wanted to do, but okay. uh, basically, my uh, father-in-law mm-hmm. uh, spotted an advert in the Manchester Evening News yeah. and it described about ten pretty emotive words for you know what this recruitment company were looking for. Wow, okay. And he, he kind of said, "Look, you've you've got all of those things." Wow. So I went for the first interview. Yeah. Uh, decided I didn't like these guys. Okay. So they, you know, they were you know pretty full on, and yeah. it was kind of you know quite a, a difficult first interview and. I kind of thought, no, I'm not going to go back for the second. But they kind of, you know, were, were very insistent. Yeah. Uh, they said, look, come in. You know, we're really excited, really interested. And, you know, I got offered the job uh, kind of, I think, two days before Christmas. Yeah. And then I spent kind of eight years with that company. Wow. And, you know, I learned a lot. Did you have any um, 
perception of recruitment like before or not? Like, was there any perception at all? Of what it, what no, was to be fair, I didn't, you know, I, I kind of went for that first interview. I didn't know I was interviewing for the recruitment company. I didn't know whether I was interviewing for a client. <laughs> it was just kind of, you know, be there, turn up, you know, put a suit on and kind of uh, see how, how you get on. How, how did they like portray it back then? Like, I'm always interested about that. Was it like you can earn six figures in the first year? Is, what was it like? How was it sold to you? No, to be fair, they did it a slightly different way. They, in some respects, they spent more time trying to put me off. Really? Yeah. So, so they were just they, being brutally honest as to they, like how hard it is. But I think they were even kind of giving the impression it was even harder. Really? So their whole kind of uh, pretext was, look, you know, you're going to hate it. You know, you're going to find it really difficult. Wow. You know, people are going to put the phone down on you. And, you know, have you got the resilience to kind of get through that? And the, yeah. I think in some respects, uh, you know, the more difficult they described it, the more I thought, more you know what, yeah, I, <laughs> more, yeah, I want to give this a go. And, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I think I can do that. And how, yeah, that, no, I'm always interested in that because I think um, when I, so I was part of that 1% that actually wanted to get into recruitment okay. just because my, my old colleagues sold me the dream. Yeah. I was an insurance broker. He was an insurance broker. And they went into recruitment and I was super curious about it. And when I looked online as to, right, okay, well, well what is it going to be involved? It was very much six figures first year. Um, you're going to get um, a trip to, to Ibiza and all, all the good stuff, right? So how, how do you, how do you portray it now to, to new hires for Finley James? How, how do you position it? Yeah, I, I think when I sit down with people, I, I talk about the first year and talk about how you know what their realistic yeah. expectations need to be because yeah. they're going to have good days, they're going to have bad days, yeah. they're going to go into an environment where ninety five percent of the people know more than them. Day yeah, one. exactly, and it can be daunting. And yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. So our, our whole philosophy is to describe exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, from you know the first day through to month one, month three, month six, month twelve. Yeah, and what we feel that kind of year one should look like. Yeah, but our philosophy is people develop at a different pace, yeah, a yeah, different speed. For sure. And you know, some people will be nailing it in Q one. Yeah, other people will develop in two, three, four. So my philosophy is, so long as they get there in the end. Yeah. You know, there's no rush for me. You know, yeah, people yeah. find their way. So uh, the way I position it is so long as they're improving every day. Yeah, doing, showing the right, um, that they're listening and then doing the right activities. Yeah, Correct. that's my direct use to say. And it's kind of whether they do that first deal in the first couple of months or, you know, month four or mm. five. So long as they've got the right behaviours, the right mindset, exactly, yeah. they're attacking it in a positive way. You know, there'll be a point where it just drops. And, like Everything Correct. just happens and falls into place. Okay, that's cool, it. I like that. How, uh, how are your... Uh, cast back a bit here but I mean I, I've yeah first 12 months for me were, were difficult but again my director always just say look look, Hisham keep doing what you're doing it will just it will that something will just happen and everything will just uh, fall into place and you'll be like oh my god it, it's happening and and that happened but how how did um, how did your 12 months go like the first 12 months were they difficult yeah first 12 months were quite difficult uh, I mean when I got into recruitment uh, my, the, the guy who was managing me was uh, he was actually a, a Rugby player, okay. And, uh, so he had captain sale rugby club. Wow, okay. So uh, Mike would kind of come into work uh, every Monday, looking absolutely battered, <laughs> you know, from pillar to post. Oh, good, yeah. Uh, you know, he uh, was fantastic because uh, you know he was a real like relationship kind of guy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. his whole kind of uh, thought process was get the clients and the candidates to like you, trust you, believe you. Nice. And that gives you credibility and, you know, the deals will, will come. But it was quite difficult because he, he left 
you know, during my first year. Oh, wow. And did you look so, up to him a lot here? I, I looked at, well, yeah. he was about six foot five. I looked, I seriously <laughs> looked up to him. So, uh, and, you know, you, I, I worked in sale and he had captain sale. So you'd, yeah. you'd walk down the street, everybody knew him. Yeah, nice. So he was kind of a bit of a hero figure. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. when he was going, uh, you know, I was going to sink and swim because sink or swim because he was kind of you know the guy who looked after me and and trained me and yeah. developed me and stuff like that. But what happened? Him going actually created a great opportunity because I moved from more like the industrial side of recruitment into tech. Ah, so, okay. so that's where it was started. Yeah, and so uh, straight away, you know, year two, uh, I seemed to flourish and I seemed to kind of really get that market. And uh, you know, I progressed from there yeah, on yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, it's always interesting how it works out, isn't it? So, was there? A, so, what? I'm always interested as well. Like, how? What was the training like? Because that's also a huge factor in recruitment. Like, was it? Was it just get on the phones the first day? No, no. The, the, the training was very good. I mean, it, the the tra- year, you know, week one, you know, was spent with the MD. Yeah. Looking at you know how to make phone calls yeah, yeah. and and you know I was doing new new logo business, but you know who to call and, yeah. and what to say. Yeah. And you know they say this, you say that, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So. Uh, it was pretty intense. And then, you know, over that first kind of three, six months, you know, you were learning things every day. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you would uh, spend, you know, some time out on the ops floor and, and, and doing your stuff. And then, you know, back in the training yeah, room yeah. and picking things up. But you would, uh, you know, even back in the day, 23 mm. years ago, we would uh, record, you know, phone calls and nice. kind of play them back and kind of what because you had done differently so That's good. Uh, there was you know very much a, a kind of uh, a real cu- culture of training yeah. and, and development how, how so how do because i think i'm sure um you're aware of it and agree but yeah that is a big factor as to um helping people stay in the industry because sometimes training just isn't evident within agencies yeah, yeah so how how do you train the guys at finlay what what sort of process have you got there yeah, what we have, I mean, we've got uh, Mike Chaterpool, who's our kind of trainer, dedicated okay. trainer. So, so you have a dedicated trainer within your business. Was Correct. he a consultant at Finn James before? Yeah, Mike. Okay, interesting. Yeah, Mike's been with us for probably three and a half, four years. Okay. Uh, so he was a kind of a 180 consultant. Okay. And so we decided that, you know, in terms of, you know, somebody who just lived and breathe the values of Finley James. Yeah. You know, Mike was that nice. that, that guy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Mike is very patient. You know, he's very, you know, super loyal, super friendly. Yeah. And so he makes the training very, you know, very much mm. fun. And, you know, at the moment, for example, we've got four people in Didsbury now yeah. being trained. So uh, two from London, one from San Francisco, mm. uh, one from Manchester. And they're day five of, you know, a comprehensive two-week training plan so it's a two-week training plan yeah but even when they get back to their desk yeah uh there'll be there'll be training sessions uh not so much on a daily basis but certainly kind of you know twice weekly yeah nice but uh the way we we can look at things is you know we're still all learning now so i i'm still learning yeah, i'm course. developing yeah, yeah as is the md as yeah. is every person within the business so we're all talking about you know self-improvement yeah, how nice. we get better and and yeah. sharing best practice i think that's really good as well that he w- essentially was on the tools right i think that's Correct. always important especially when um yeah i mean if i went into a, i learned from my director i sat next to him who built until i left but i think it's all there's always that thing isn't it? if there's a trainer who hasn't actually done what you're doing it's a bit like hmm should yeah, this guy yeah. be do you know what i mean it's not that credibility so i think i think that's interesting that's good so so you got into tech how what was tech like then? Back then, like what, what, like how? So why was that such a window of opportunity, and why do you think you did well at that? Because obviously, it's a huge industry now is booming. 
Yeah, what yeah. was it like back then? I, I think, I mean, uh, I was a technophobe then and I, oh, I am you? now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so uh, my philosophy is if you ask the right questions, you don't really need to kind of know <laughs> the absolute ins and outs. Yeah, of it. yeah, but yeah. Why I thought it was interesting for me is because it was fast moving. Okay. So I loved, you know, the thrill of the chase. I loved the thrill of the deal. I loved, okay. you know, turning a first interview into a second was interview. Was it a lot of perm you did off. or was it contracts? Or? 100% perm. Oh, nice. Okay, so cool. 23 years in, I've never done a contract deal. Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, all perm. Yeah, nice. Okay. So um, so how long did you then stay in tech for then the whole time since since then? Or? Yeah, so, so how it worked uh, with the company I worked for, I did two years new name new new logo business okay i then did three years as a consultant filling jobs okay i then did three years managing a bunch of guys doing both okay and then eight years in i left that particular company to then set up finley james let's break that down a bit then what i'd be interested around that is because i think it's always a huge talking point and i think i spoke to ben about this actually when he was on the podcast but how did you find that transition to go to management? Because that's a hard one, isn't it, in, in the recruitment world? Yeah. Going from like high billing to then managing. Obviously, a lot of people say it's not for everyone, but I don't know. How did you, Matt, how did you deal with that? that? I think uh, I didn't want to do it. You didn't want to do so, it? Uh, Why didn't you want to do it? Is it because it's like, I've got a good gig here, I'm, I've got a good desk, yeah. got good relationships, you don't want to let that go? It's Yeah, I think the difficulty is you you get good at a certain kind of aspect. Yeah. And, you know, at the time, you know, I was married, I had children, yeah. you know, I was earning some good money. And I kind of thought, well, look, I, I looked at the managers and I thought, oh, right, okay, they seem to get a lot of, uh, a lot of hassle and yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, stick yeah, yeah. and, and uh, you know, a lot of pressure. And I, I kind of thought, you know, do I really want that? Now, what is interesting, within a month or two of doing that gig, it was like, right, why didn't I do this earlier? Really? Because, yeah, I just, I loved uh, developing people. Yeah. I loved, uh, you know, finding different ways to mentor and develop and yeah. manage and, and cajole. And, yeah. and, yeah, I loved that aspect. And, and what I realized was I actually loved the uh, the. the the person development mm. and the personal development of, of the individuals actually more than getting interviews yeah, yeah. And, and bringing on clients. So many people say that. What would you, I mean, I, I feel like I get it because it, there's just something in seeing someone like grow and be and become better and you've had a, a play to part in that. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I, I, it might just be the way that we're wired, right? I don't know. Like, what is it that yeah. just makes us so happy about seeing someone that you've invested time in or helped like grow and become a better person? Yeah, I, th- I think what you find is, uh, for me personally, that, you know, being good at your job it you know gives you pleasure and kind of you earn commission yeah. and you earn bonus and and that's a good thing yeah. uh however that's a very individual yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thought you know having uh the ability to kind of develop and mentor and and train people and seeing them go from uh you know getting their first deal yeah or their first interview yeah. through to that first pay rise yeah. that first big commission check yeah. and then when they go through into management and you can see some of the, the like the learnings that they've taken on from you. So yeah. I guess I, I've got friends now who don't work for Finley James, yeah. who worked with me 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And some of them have gone on to do like amazing things mm. and, you know, for amazing companies. And, you know, I get great pleasure that, you know, I'll meet them at Christmas for a drink and it'll be a lot, you know, some of that stuff I, I kind of learned from you 15 yeah, years yeah. ago, cool. I still use now. Yeah. So... I, I think people get more pleasure. And it, I think the interesting thing is, I don't know, think about golf. You know, people mm. win golf tournaments. Mm. However, you know, winning the Ryder Cup 
with 10 yeah, or 11 yeah. colleagues and, and doing things it's as teams. About, isn't it? yeah. yeah, as a team, yeah. So um, you mentioned um, um, mentoring and, and that a few times. And as I was saying to you before, um, when you came to the office, that's something that I ended up doing. And you read about it a lot more now. Was it, Was that... Was that sort of spoken about, or was that a word that was flying around when you were in recruitment back then? Not, yeah, not at all. It wasn't I mean, as popular because it, it is a lot more popular now, isn't it? It is. I mean, I, I've got there's there's two people that I I mentor now, nice. but it's like the first time I've done that in twenty odd years. Amazing. Okay. Now, Real good. Qu- oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was going to say I, I've now got my own mentor, oh, so nice. I've got my first session with my 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 own mentor next Wednesday. Love that. But I've also got a chunk of homework that I need to do over the weekend. Accountability. So, yeah, but it's the first time I've had any homework to do in, in like 30 <laughs> years. I so uh, yeah. I, th- I think the fact that you've got the humility to to have a mentor and, and see there's someone you can learn from is amazing. Yeah. But I think I think a really good question that people could get value out of. So you're, you're a CEO of a, um, a recruitment business that's growing. I'm sure your time um, is very valuable and you're probably getting pulled pillar to post and you get pinged sales emails all day. So how can someone... Um, who might be a bit junior who can um, how can what's the best way you think so you're mentoring two people how can people reach out for a mentor from your experience do you know what I mean because especially if they're reaching out to someone who's busy and maybe even has a business what what advice would you give to those people I think the key thing is uh, some people will reach out for a certain kind of mentor yeah because they think it might look good on their CV Okay, yeah. And you, can you can see through that? I, I, I can see through. So my, my philosophy is if you're going to, 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 to somebody and kind of proactively yeah. kind of asking them, you need to kind of get across to the individual why, yeah. you know, you want them to mentor them yeah. and what benefit, you know, you, you are looking to get from it. Yeah. And I think then as somebody who's going to be doing the mentoring, it needs to be all about the mentee. Yeah. So, you know, my philosophy is, you know, with, with, with the guys I'm looking after now is – you know, any session I do, it's all about them. All about them, yeah. yeah. So it's right, what do you need from me? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to me talking at them for 45 minutes, yeah, with, yeah. which I could Is do. it how, how, because I think a big thing would be like, I guess, so like you're doing a bit of homework, right? And if you do that, that shows, right, okay, this, this guy actually values my time and I'm committed. So how can how can someone sort of get that get that across? Do you know what I mean? Because that's super important as well, that um, if you're mentoring me and you're like, look, Hisham, I need you to do this, you don't do it. And it's like, well, what's, what's, what have we sort of got going on here? Do you know what I mean? How can they demonstrate that? Or Yeah, I, th- I think the difficulty is, uh, you know, even I say I'm getting involved, you know, in terms of having my own mentor for, for the first time. Yeah. Now, if either of us don't get something out of this relationship, yeah. we'll have to be honest enough to end it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. what I want out of it is, you know, I'm sitting down with a guy who has taken, uh, you know, companies overseas and mm. grown and developed overseas territories yeah. and, you know, bought companies yeah. and things like that. So I, I'm looking at, you know, somebody with far more experience than me. Yeah, you look at your speech, someone who's done what you want to do, right? Yeah, That's what it's all and, about. and, you know, the key thing is if I don't show him respect... He's doing it for free. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that's super important. Yeah. If anyone does reach out and builds that relationship, you've got to be committed. Otherwise, it's going to end before it's even started, isn't it? Okay. Correct. Cool. So you did management for a bit, and then did you? So then did you get to director level or anything, or did you stay as a manager before you no, left? No, I or? think uh, when I left that company, I was managing a team of people in in Manchester, and they were managing maybe five or six people. Okay. Uh, it was quite a big team. Yeah, it was it was a reasonable size size team. I had also helped that company kind of develop. A revenue stream in in, in London, so yeah. I had uh, you know gone down to London one or two days a week nice. to kind of develop that area, and they they had built an office on the back of that. But I think 
I got to a stage where you know they were a very very successful company and, yeah. and a market leading company. However, I I there were I had an inkling that I could do it better. Yeah, than I was gonna, that was going to be my next question. What what sort of yeah what was the seed about doing that yourself? And I think I, I was very confident, I suppose, in my own ability. I was okay. confident in my ability to recruit, but I was more important in uh, sorry I was more. Uh, confident in my ability to to bring on board people nice. and ed- educate them and train them yeah. and develop them, so I think the the people skills uh, I felt I had developed, mm. and you know, without being arrogant, I kind of thought I had a better handle on that than yeah, the guys yeah. who I, I, I was working Fair for. Enough. Fair enough. So, um, so then, did you have to go back on the tools then when you started? Finding, finding oh yeah, things? you know, for, yeah. For first week it was very much back on the tools. Yeah, and you know, I I I, I loved it. I think we did a deal. Week two, love that. And did you? And you stayed in tech at this point. You were just like, yeah, we, we of, you know, okay. I was very res- respectful in terms of, you know, there was a period of time I couldn't work in yeah. the industry, so I made sure, you know, I I gave that kind of uh, time yeah. uh, to, you know, spend time with the children, yeah, 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 kind yeah. of recharge the That's batteries. Good. That's good. And then, you know, we we hit it day one. There was kind of three of us, and and it was, you know, we were basically bringing on board jobs and and getting candidates, you know, day two. Nice. And as I say, you know, first offer accepted and invoice out the door within kind of three weeks. So wow. we we were off and running, and we we actually kind of uh, beat my former company to that deal, which uh, that was quite, <laughs> that was quite sweet at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So how 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 were those first twelve months and as, as a now business owner? How were they to, in contrast when you started? Right, so uh, they were they were difficult. I mean, they were enjoyable in that you know we uh, we were doing something for ourselves, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was very exciting, yeah. But it, it was tough, uh, and you know what we kind of realised was there was a lot of like the organisational stuff, and there was a lot of business you know, stuff that you didn't business, have to do before, which you know, yeah, nobody kind of trains people yeah, yeah, to have yeah, yeah. to do that, and you've got to be able to kind of compartmentalise. You know, one minute you're working on, you know, the the strategic side, the next minute you're working on the more day to day tactical stuff, yeah, and. Finding kind of where to draw the line mm. is difficult. So, uh, you know, we were all kind of uh, kind of learning how to to run a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was difficult. But you know, what we did do is we we made money. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we found in in the early days, you know, we didn't have to go to a bank for cash. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, you, started, you didn't get a loan or anything like that. You no, no, yourself. it was nice. basically it was all kind of self funded. Wow, you know, okay. there's myself and my business partner. You know, we, we didn't take any cash kind of for the first six months. Yeah, nice to get the thing going, and then you know we managed to kind of grow it organically. Yeah, from you know three guys in a two man office. Yeah. to kind of twenty people in a fifteen uh, man office. You know, within that first two or three years yeah. before kind of recession hit, yeah, and that, yeah, was, yeah. that was another tricky. What um so what. We, so if I was to say to you, if you were to go back and, and, and um, uh, if you could go back in time, speak to yourself when you started that first 12 months, would you, what would you say to yourself? Like, would you do anything differently learning from that experience? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, we, were, we were a little bit naive and we, we went into it and we, we didn't really have a plan. Okay. Yeah. So, so no business plan. So we, we didn't really have, I mean, it was fag packet stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the business plan was, you know, one page yeah, 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 and, you know, a few numbers scribbled out yeah. and, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, what we were going to grow to, we hadn't really thought it through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think because we were just doing it kind of, and, you know, we hadn't had any funding, we, yeah. you know, 
I think in the earlier we were kind of playing at it a little bit. Yeah, and it was yeah. just our kind of uh, you know our work rate and our personalities that allowed us to, to break through. But if I was doing it again, yeah. I would have a more robust yeah. business plan. Yeah. You know, I would have a strategy. Yeah. I would have budgets. Yeah. I would have kind of uh, you know certain objectives and yeah. timescales where we were just saying you know. He looks quite it's good. We'll, we'll hire him, and, and yeah, it was yeah. all a little so bit. Some yeah. solid advice for people who are thinking about starting on their own. Like before you do that, just actually give some real, real thought as to plans, objectives, and, and all those things. Yeah, I think the difficulty is. I mean, I remember being in a three-man office, and you know, we were in a Regis building at the time, and seeing a, a six-man office, and thinking one day that could be us. Yeah. Now, bearing in mind now, fifteen years on, we've got you know offices in San Francisco mm. and London, and you know we're up to a seventy headcount. You know. It, it kind of, uh, you know, it's all worked out well. Yeah. Uh, however, as I say, you know, you asked the question, if I was doing it again, yeah, yeah, I would figure out kind of what I'm trying to achieve yeah. and then put the milestones and the stepping in stones in place and then probably get a mentor involved. Yeah, nice. You know, at the age of 32 as opposed to... Yeah, again, again, I think that's the great thing, right? It's about you want to be speaking to people who've done what you want to do and Correct. that's just so, so valuable, right? Um, okay, cool. So... So then you got to fifteen twenty before the recession hit. You said. Um, so how how did you get through that recession? Because I'm sure a lot of people obviously had that Brexit talk recently, and obviously there's a lot of people saying obviously the economy has been great for a while now. We're due a recession. So what what um, what tactics or what, how did you approach that recession? How did you um, maintain yeah people and. I think the difficulty is because you know whether it was the banks, whether it was the politicians, yeah. you know nobody predicted it mm-hmm. and nobody expected it okay uh you know we didn't we, we couldn't plan for it yeah. we were kind of in it before before yeah, yeah, anybody yeah. realized and you know i remember going home and you know you, you know news at 10 would start and it was like it did feel like armageddon wow because if you're in certain sectors so yeah. if you're in healthcare if you're in you know there's loads of sectors where even in recession they just keep going yeah and you know, if you're in retail, you know people still need to eat yeah, and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, if you're in tech sales, and everybody wants to get rid of tech salespeople, <laughs> uh, you know, you're in a, a, a difficult bind uh, of a position. So, what we did was we were very open and honest with with our staff, and we said, "Look, you know, we've got a choice here, guys. We can either, and as I say, we were a fifteen, maybe twenty person business. We can either look to." Uh, make some redundancies and let a, a bunch of people go, or we can all maybe look to take a small pay cut wow. to get us through this six six to nine months. And you know what? Everybody uh, kind of you know had a conversation, and the upshot was, you know, myself and my business, we weren't taking anything, uh, but people took uh, you know pay cuts of maybe twenty five to thirty percent over That's a six really month smart. period. Uh, but we managed to do it without losing any people. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. Now, companies around us were going under. Yeah. And what we found was the recession ended up being a good thing because it got rid of a lot of the, the weaker recruitment companies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we came out, we still had our op- human win- capital. It, was op- it ended up being a window of opportunity. It did. And then, you know, after that, you know, we grew pretty rapidly mm. than, you know, yeah. I suppose since then. I think. I, I absolutely, I think that's so smart, and I think that people will only be willing to take a pay cut if they're if they're playing for the logo, and that's yeah. Finlay James. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about that because I know obviously I've met a few people from your business now, and I think you guys have got a great culture, and obviously it seems even evident back then. I'm sure there's, I hope there's some still people back from then. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
people would not take a pay cut if they didn't want to work for you. Do, do you True. know what I mean? So yeah. how how did you cultivate that culture back then? Like, yeah, how how was how did you build that culture back then? And then we can talk about how you've continued to maintain that as you built the business. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, if, if I look at the, the you know the company and you know the, the culture back then. Because I had worked in another recruitment company for eight years, yeah. uh, what I found was that you know that company was super successful, yeah. and you know the culture had kind of changed and evolved over a period of time, and kind of not for the better. Yeah. So I think success had kind of got to the heads a little bit, okay. and uh, you know people, uh, the demands on people were getting kind of more intense yeah. and and uh, and that bit greater. So my philosophy was, uh, you know, I wanted to treat people the way. I would want to be treated. Yeah. And my thoughts are, you know, I'm in it for the long term. I'm in it for the long game. So I, I want to invest in every individual within our business. Yeah. And I want to treat each individual, whether they've been here for a week yeah. or 10 years. Yeah, great mindset. The way my, my kids are going to be treated when they go into the workplace. Yeah. So, you know, I will put, and, uh, you know, my wife, Sarah, my, my business partner, we, we will both put... Our, our colleagues and our workers and our employees kind of before ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're still in the, you know, the same kind of four-bed semi uh, in Stockport. <laughs> Love that. And, you know, we're not driving around in Ferraris, but yeah. we've got the opportunity to, you know... Build something great. And, yeah, we, we, we've hired over 20 people in the last three months. Yeah. But the idea is each and every single one of them feels invested in yeah, yeah. and understands that they've got their own kind of individual roadmap yeah. that... Myself and Sarah, you know, our job is to kind of help them get through these like little mini hurdles and kind of take them on that journey. And we then find, you know, in terms of culture, you know, spending time outside work, you know, uh, and really kind of knowing the insides and and, and outs of each individual and where they're at and where they want to get to. So I think the key thing is putting... you know, putting your people first. You know, I read a book recently. You know, leaders eat last, and that, yeah. that's my, my philosophy. Love is, that, yeah. You know, put, put, push your push your people before yourself. Yeah, I really like that. So, so fast forward then. So, about three years, and there was about twenty people. Recession here. You came out of that. It was an, it was a, it was an opportunity for you guys. So then you've gone from that to so whereabouts are you right now? So you said there are about just about seventy headcount. Yeah, yeah. We we current headcount is sixty seven. We've got hires that we've just made to get us to seventy on the 26th of November. Okay, cool. So, a question uh, for you then around that. I can I can I can tell that you've maintained that and that definitely is evident from meeting people in your business. But if it's coming from yourself and also um, your wife and your business partner, how? Because if you get to that, obviously you can become so detached from the person who's um, banging in deals with Finlay James, right? So how have you maintained that? The the sort of not having a divide between you and um, your wife and and people on the phone on the ground. How have you maintained that? Yeah, I, th- I think I still have contact, kind of on the shop floor with with the deals. Yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, let's so, talk about that. Okay, so my philosophy is: if you're a month into your recruitment career, yeah, or you're six months into your recruitment yeah. career, or even if you're two years, then the stuff you don't know yet, yeah, for and sure. My philosophy is: if you have got an offer, yeah, and you're trying to close a deal, yeah, then you can either do it on your own, yeah, and you might close it, you might not, yeah, or you can have a chat with me. Yeah. or somebody else very senior, senior in the business yeah. and cover off and do a bit of a, I suppose, a pre-mortem what could go wrong Okay, nice. and kind of discuss the strategy and discuss the plan 
to ensure that you're more You have the best efficient. chance of closing that person. Yeah. yeah. And the great thing is you get into kind of spend time with individuals yeah. uh, at the back end of the process and, and you're, you're helping them score that, that first deal, second deal, you know, the deal that gets them a, the promotion, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, we have a very kind of open plan structure where, you know, RMD physically sits out on the ops floor. Okay. You know, I sit out on the ops floor. Yeah. Sarah sits out on the ops floor. So we're all in it together. You yeah, know, we yeah, haven't yeah. got guys kind of sat behind uh, glass yeah, kind yeah. of doing spreadsheets. Yeah. So uh, if, for example, you know, we had a, an individual yesterday who's been in the business maybe six, seven years yeah. who was going to see a, a client. Yeah. And then she went to see that client and she was ironing out some problems and then she came for a bit of a debrief and, yeah. right, what do we do now? And, and so I like to be very hands-on yeah, yeah. with, you know, the strategy and, and the tactics. And so, you know, I get to know everybody and they get to know me. Yeah, but I've, they know I've got their back. That's really interesting. So, is it just like like the first second, like when you're quite junior, you do that, or just at any point if they're thinking, right, I'm not like I feel like there could be a few bumps in the road and, and getting this deal over the line, they can call you up and, and talk you through it. Yeah, the the idea we encourage them. Yeah. To even if they think it's going to be an easy one, really, still kind yeah. of you know have a conversation. So they with they call you up and go right. So this is the situation. This yeah. is maybe some of the reservations that candidate might have, and essentially give it to you. And then what do you play devil's ad- advocate? And yeah, we'll we'll just go through kind of right. What are your thoughts? Yeah. What, what are your ideas? You know, what could go wrong? Yeah, yeah, have yeah. you covered that? Can yeah. you, you know, can you address that? What's the candidate going to really do? What's the client going to do? I'm sure it, a lot a lot of people might go. Well, I'm a CEO. Like, I've got I haven't got enough time. Like, how scalable is that? Do you know what I mean? I'm sure someone was, that would be their reservation. Like how how can you maintain? That? I, th- I think what you'll find is it's. I, I went to a, a client meeting with Ben Rush, who, okay. you know, a few, few yeah. months ago, and uh, I was I was super impressed because I there was a guy in a meeting, and I think he was one of the senior directors. Yeah. Now they're a global business, yeah. and he jumped out of his meeting to kind of introduce himself to myself and Ben, and uh, he was talking about his CEO, yeah. and uh, he was basically saying Look, the CEO is is you know is unreal. He he kind of knows you know, the name, the background of everybody within that business. Now, they're a 250, 300-man business. Oh, wow. And, that, you know, his philosophy is that, that his job isn't to do emails. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you get some people who talk about work and what have you done today? Oh, I've got through my emails. M- my job <laughs> is to spend time with the people. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, uh, you know, how scalable? Well, you know, we've done it over a period of time when we've got 70 people. Now, it may well be that, you know, it gets a little bit diluted and you spend a little bit less time yeah. with each individual. But if I'm spending time with, let's say, Polly, yeah. who's 18, yeah. who joined the business you know, straight from school six months ago, and I'm investing in her career, you know, what is the value of that over the next kind of three, five, ten yeah. years? I love it. Yeah, so... Uh, is it scalable? Well, it has been so far. <laughs> where, 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 look, you've clearly got a, a real long-term mindset, and I think, look, in today's world, um, I'm sure you, obviously, instant gratification and all that flying around, like, how how have you cultivated this long-term mindset? Because that's the that's definitely the right mindset to have, especially when you're a business owner, right? Which is why you're you're exactly what you just said. You're, you're investing that 18-year-old because you know two, three, five years down the line that she's like, Fucking hell, John was helping me out when I was six months, and the people won't yeah. forget that. You're right; it's completely right. So, where where's this mindset came from? Like, how have you cultivated that, or has it just come natural to you? And I think it's probably my natural style. I mean, I, okay. I'm I'm pretty 
laid back and and what I what I'll do is if if I can find a way to go about kind of my day where yeah. I can help somebody. Yeah. I'll do it. I <laughs> love it. And, uh, you know, I kind of think, you know, that whole kind of pay it forward kind of scenario. So, you know, I came down to London yesterday and I met with a, a chap who I, I first met with, like, I don't think I've, I've met him in 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, he's looking to do something quite interesting and he's spotted on LinkedIn some of the stuff I've done. Yeah. And it's like, you know, can I buy you a coffee and can we have a chat? And it's yeah. like, fine. Yeah. And, you know what? Am I going to get anything out of that? Probably not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but you never know. And yeah, yeah. I think doing right by people and, uh, you know, thinking about kind of relationships as a mid to long term thing, I think it's kind of done me right. You know, so far, Serves you a lot, uh, yeah. so I like it. You know, my, my philosophy is if I can get that through to the, the guys who work for me, yeah. then the people who are going to benefit are going to be our candidates for and sure. our clients. So I see our guys, and you know, even down in our London office now, I see our consultants, you know, spending more time with the clients, more time with the candidates, going above and beyond. Yeah. And kind of doing them favors and trying to help them in ways outside the recruitment process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, I, I love that. And th- then you've got meaningful, you know, lasting relationships. Yeah. Now I think it's, I think yeah, hitting on the head. And I think also what cultivates that is like, well, if if the CEO of the business that I work for is making time for me, what, how can I not make time for my candidate? Right? Yeah, I really That's like it. that. So a quick one then, because I, I know. Um, uh, people are always curious about this. So obviously, you've been recruiting a lot. Um, do, are you involved with all the hires? Do they meet you at some point? Or? Yeah, no, not not every time. Okay. Uh, so I would say, up until about six months ago, I would have said, yeah, you know, everyone. Yeah. And what we've realised now is we're we're looking to recruit at such kind of pace. Yeah. That you know I can't be everywhere. Yeah, exactly. and, and physically is more hard. Yeah, and and you know we've got the op- operation in San yeah. Francisco, so. I think with the guys in San Francisco, I have either met met them face to face or done a, a video interview. Yeah. So I've had a, an impact on all the hires out in San Fran, and with most of the hires in in London and most of the hires in Manchester. But the key thing is, if I don't meet them, James May, our MD, will. Yeah. And you know, we both have the you know the same kind of standards, nice. the same kind of values. So, you know. I, I can make a hire without James. He can make a hire yeah, without cool. me. And you you hire a lot of non-experienced people, don't you? Predominantly non-experienced. Yeah. So what? So what key? What I know. Uh, what key things do you look out for? Because I think that's what a lot of people are interested in. Yeah. What's really the secret simple. Sauce there? Uh, secret sauce for me: Finley James DNA intelligence. Yeah. So the guys or the girls will have emotional good intelligence, intelligence, or just general. Just general will be a start point. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay cool. So good. Uh, you know, so I, I, you know, I look at things like GCSEs, I look yeah. at A levels, I look at degrees, but it, it's more good, strong, uh, written and verbal communication okay. skills. Okay, so yeah. general intelligence and, and communication skills is number one. Okay. Number two is the personality. Yeah. So if you're billing a million dollars, but we don't think you're going to fit in culturally, and you've got a load of clients, you've got, got a load of clients. Yeah. We don't hire. Yeah. So personality is key so somebody who's selfless somebody who's rapport building empathetic likable friendly all that kind of stuff. and the third one quite simple is drive yeah so if you're smart and you've got a nice personality that's that's all cool Mm -hmm. without the drive we're all wasting our time yeah yeah so i will explore things in their background you know i'll talk about family yeah i'll talk about kind of what you know your brothers, your sisters. What's do. Mo- so, yeah, you need to find out what's motivating them. That's right? it. You know, and find out you know what what the why is and what they're yeah, looking they're to why. achieve. Yeah. And, I like and, that. Okay, yeah. cool. So um, something I want to bring up. I think you spoke about this um, the recruitment network because work life balance is like 
huge topic right now, right? Yeah. And I think obviously recruitment has been renowned where like you li- you will you'll stay until seven eight p.m. to get deals done or whatever. Um, so it's probably a bit behind in terms of work life balance. Seems like that's changing for yeah. sure. Um, and obviously you did you did um you sort of did a pilot, didn't you? So maybe yeah. let's talk a bit about that because I think a lot of people could get some value from that. So how long was the period that you trialed the? The work life, but or what? So the idea was work when you want, or what was yeah, the actual so what, idea? What we had is, concept? Yeah, we we did an experiment going back four or five months ago, uh, which we kind of dubbed Project Freedom. Yeah. So the whole con- concept was that people could work where they wanted, okay, when they wanted, yeah, uh, on and on the stuff they wanted to do. Did they have to do X amount of hours per week? No. <laughs> okay, cool. So the the whole idea was if you had passed probation, yep. then it was a results kind of focused uh, experiment whereby so long as you were getting the right number of interviews and the right number of clients on board we didn't care when you did it and kind of uh, how you did it and you know if you did it in a Starbucks if you did it in the park how long did this go for so we did the experiment for six weeks and it worked well okay yeah let's talk about it that's really interesting so have you got any insights on um because that's not for everyone, because some people do need a bit of structure. Some people would love a bit of freedom. But have you got any insights on how um, how people dealt with that? Yeah, I think there was, there was uh, some some really, really good bits, and there were some bits that didn't work so well. Yeah. Uh, so the good bits were in terms of how people felt. Yeah. So we did a bit of a survey before they went into this process and then afterwards. And okay. Their levels of happiness mm. was just off the scale. So What, after or before? After. Okay. So, and a lot of it that a lot of that came down to trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, if you're an individual and you feel that your boss trusts you to to uh, take responsibility for your own kind of you know the way you manage your time, yeah. the way you manage your clients, your candidates, that really does you know off offer kind of tremendous value. Yeah, hundred percent. Where it got a little bit tricky. Mm. is that some people, it was too much. Yeah, too much freedom. Too much freedom, too much flexibility. And what we found was that people had the right idea that, yeah, you know, I'm going to start work a little bit later today, but I'm going to catch up this evening. The problem was they didn't really, when it got to kind of the evening, they didn't really want to catch up. So I think, uh, you know, if for any companies out there thinking of doing it, you've got to really look at the individual and, and... the levels of maturity. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be, you know, you'd know, wouldn't you? If yeah. Yeah, but the great thing is, what I loved about it is when we kind of got the guys back in and we surveyed them, and and a few people said, "Look, you know, I really appreciated it, and what I found was it was a little bit too much for me." Yeah. And I uh, didn't take absolute advantage, or I probably took too much advantage of it, and. I now realise that I'm the kind of person that needs to spend maybe yeah. more time in the office and too much freedom, too much flexibility isn't right for me. Nice. But it's great that we've we've learned that piece. Yeah. And as a company, you know, we still during the, the, the pilot and during the experiment, we still increase revenue, we increase turnover, we increase profitability. So it didn't cost us any money. Yeah, I was gonna say that's class. But, but you but got we some weren't... amazing insights into your staff. Correct. Love that. that. That's that's really cool. Um, so is that some? I know you, you might admit. Is this something that you're going to sort of um, let people do now, or is there? Gonna yeah. Be- we, well, we, what we have at the moment is we, uh, you know, we still have Project Freedom, uh, but what we now say is that it's dependent on you know your level within the business, and certain parameters, certain parameters. So, yeah. for example, you know, if you're if you've only been in the business three months, you know, you can't work where you want when yeah, you want yeah. and you know you, you'll get less time that yeah. you've got that that flexibility and then 
if you've been at the, the business that bit longer and you're kind of further up, uh, kind of, I guess, the food chain, you can have more uh, flexibility freedom. and more freedom. If you want it. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Really, I don't think there's many businesses doing that, so I think that's super interesting. I, I think the key thing is we, we will keep evolving and keep, keep trying. So my, my philosophy, about, philosophy about the whole recruitment industry is there's too, too many companies doing it the same way they were doing it 20, exactly. 30 years ago. Yeah. And my thoughts are, you know, I will go along to the recruitment network, I'll go along to APSCO events, yeah. I'll go along to SIA events, yeah. and I will basically look to keep learning because I think if you're not evolving and you're not learning and you're not developing, then you're not going to get that through to your staff and, and they're not going to have that kind of forward-thinking mindset yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. So my philosophy is, you know, I'm meeting a guy at lunchtime yeah. who is CEO of a, another recruitment company we compete yeah, with. Yeah, and yeah. We're just going to share notes and kind of what are you doing well, what are yeah. you missing out on, and we're, we're just mates from within the industry. So I think what's great is, you know, 20 years on, twenty years ago, that didn't happen. happen, happen 10 yeah. years ago, it didn't happen. That's Five exciting. years ago. Yeah. Now people are willing to share yeah. and people are willing to kind of, you know, come up with ideas. And I think, you know, there's enough business out there for all of us yeah, if we do it sure. the right way. And I, th- I think what you alluded to there, especially within the recruitment industry, like there is a huge window of opportunity right now to get ahead of the, of the competition with with the mindset that you have. Yeah. It really is because it, it's still going to take another 12, 24 months, in my opinion, to people catch on to one, even just sharing their thoughts with another potential competitor yeah. or trying different things like Project Freedom. So what I'd be really interested to ask you, because I think you have some um, really good context because you're so involved with the people, what 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 common habits do you see that prevent billers going to like next level what common things do you see yeah i think i think the the difficulty is uh i think sometimes there's a lack of ambition okay and people people settle yeah yeah so you know if my target's 200 well if i do 180 i'm i'm doing okay yeah 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 if my target's 250 i'm doing 220 yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm doing okay so I think what I find is, you know, I, I like to, in some respects, like rip up what's been done before. Mm. And, you know, I'm doing it with, you know, we've got our guy, Nick, who who kind of runs things over in the US. And it's like, yes, that number you did last year was pretty good. And the number you did the year before was yeah. pretty good. But let's just let's kind of, going. let's keep going. And why can't we double that? Yeah. And, you know, if we can be more f- productive, more efficient, more organized, more disciplined, yeah. why can't we aim for that? And I think my philosophy is, you know, at 48 years of age, I, I feel more ambitious now and yeah. more motivated and more driven than I would have done 10 years ago. Love that. And so my thoughts, are, I, I want each of my individuals to kind of, you know, look at, you know, what you can do to improve. And, you know, we, we've we've got now got more of the tech and more of the tools yeah. to do that. So we've just kind of brought in Cube yeah. 19 and, you know, people have... The analytics, they've got the data, yeah. they've got all the tools to know what to do and and how to do it to yeah. to improve. So, I think my philosophy is that some people are a little bit lacking in ambition, yeah, and so we need to kind of cut that out. Two, we need to ensure that we give them all the tools to be able to kind of grow and develop. Yeah. Three, we need to kind of cut out or try to cut out all the distractions mm-hmm. that kind of slows them down. Yeah. Uh, I think the key, the key thing is, uh, you know, getting to a stage where these people feel so invested in that they can move on to kind of open up the lines of communication. Because the, the, the problem you've sometimes got is you've got somebody billing 200, 300K mm. and 
they're plodding along and, you know, they could do so much more, but nobody's asked them what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. And what they want to achieve. So I think the key thing is uh, having open dialogue and open communication where, you know, they kind of talk about their dreams for the business and what they want to do and what what they want to develop. And and you then give them opportunities to kind of do that and do what they they, they think they want to do. Yeah, that's really interesting. Cool. So... um, Talk to me. About, I, I always like to ask this question. What, what's been? We'll start with. Um, let's talk about when there's been a real tough time for you in your career, because I'm sure there's been plenty of those. Like when? When is it? And we'll talk about some real highs. But what, when was a real tough time that you had to really sort of have a bit of grit and resilience that that was really tough for you? Does anything spring to mind? I think that kind of that recession time was, it, was, that hard? was tough. So the, I think the difficulty was uh, if I go back to kind of that, that time of the recession, we had had. A journey as a business where everything we did had gone well <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah so we, the first thing that like went tits up yeah and yeah. Uh, the, the difficulty with it is timing is everything so we had just bought a house in the Oxydales <laughs> oh, no. so it's like get the holiday home you know <laughs> yeah, living yeah. the dream we had just put the, the you know Aaron and Joseph the twins in in private school yeah uh, and then suddenly you know we were you know we went from doing you know 100 plus a month to you know 15 and 20 yeah so suddenly, from making a chunk of cash, we were losing a chunk of cash. Yeah, and so it was then right. Okay, you know, sell the car, do this, get yeah. the bus to work. So it was really, really difficult. Yeah. But uh, at no period of time did myself and my business partner think about kind of giving up. It Love was that. just so we uh, we felt you know it was difficult and it was tough. However, the tougher it got and the more difficult it got you know, the more resilient we, we became. Yeah. And look, we are going to come through this. So, and I, I think, you know, in some respects, there's more uh, positivity being tested and being challenged and coming out the other side. So, Definitely. you know, since then, there's been months where, I can remember one a couple of years ago, where I was going off on holiday and, you know, a particular month or a particular quarter looked pretty dicey. Yeah. And uh, it, my whole philosophy is right. We need to roll our sleeves up. We need to get back to basics. Yeah. We need to uh, really be organised and disciplined and kind of not ensure we're not cutting any corners. And we absolutely smashed it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, you can either freewheel in and everything's kind of uh, glorious and the sun's always shining. I think there's more buzz sometimes of being challenged through a hard time, yeah. and coming out the other side. Yeah, I like it, that. It's a bit like, you know, I'm a big football fan. You yeah. know, if, if you're a goal down and you manage to get, you know, a two, yeah. that's better Seems than a bit more sweeter than that than, than, than winning five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? What about a real hard time? Then has there been some real key moments where, like, wow? I, th- I think uh, you know we, we've had certain days where you know we've all had those dark days where everything goes wrong. <laughs> you know, so uh, I remember you know we used to call it you know we had a Black Monday a few years ago where I think three guys got sacked. <laughs> uh, you know basically people we had recently hired yeah. and you know we hadn't been paid so three we managed to kind of you know have a like a hundred grand reverse on on you know three hours into a monday morning yeah when i was on a train down to london and that was tough but my whole philosophy is you know control the controllables yeah yeah definitely and you know i never get too wrapped up in kind of how well we're doing if it's tough, you know, I don't get too kind of hung up on, you know, how tough it is. It's right, okay, well, let's let's deal with it. Let's break down the problem. Let's communicate, but let's attack it in a positive way. So what I don't do is, uh, you know, I'm never down. I'm never negative. I'm yeah. never, I never blame anybody else. Yeah. You know, so 
if it's tough, we take joint responsibility to come out the other side. Yeah, yeah. And I think by doing that, that adds on extra layers in terms of you know your personality and your you know your your, your ability to 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 manage people. That is super powerful. Yeah, that's so, great self awareness. Yeah. Really, really good self awareness. So, what, what about some real good times? Like, is there, is there any particular moment which you're like, wow, is this actually happening? And yeah, is there any particular moment? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, it, it's difficult because if I look back at you know getting our first deal out in San Francisco, for example, yeah, big you know, that, that, that's a, that's a real buzz, and it's uh, you know. Opening our London office and kind of doing our first hundred grand month out of London, you know yeah. that 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 was good. But I'm one of these people who, as soon as you've done something that quite good, right, what's the next thing? <laughs> so yeah, I, I I never you never get caught up on on those things either. That's important. Yeah, and I think because I think because of you know my background, you know, is such that you know my mum and dad are kind of you know came over you know I said yeah. to, to you yeah. earlier Hisham you know they came over from the west of Ireland yeah. uh, you know at 16 yeah. did, didn't have much money yeah. and you know worked super hard to kind of progress yeah. and, and so what you'll find whether it's myself whether it's my brother you know we very much kind of keep our feet on the ground so yeah, that's good. you know if I tried to get carried away because we've just made 200 grand profit that month you know they'd soon kind of kind of yeah, cut me off yeah, at the yeah, knees yeah. so I never get too carried away because if we're super successful and we make money, the idea is we're investing that in our people. Yeah, so yeah. I would say, you know, some of the best days are, you know, when you've got like a summer event, when everybody's there Together, yeah. and seeing everybody get on well. Yeah, 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 You know, one of my best days recently would be when, you know, on a Wednesday afternoon, we all, you know, a bunch of the guys now play, uh, well, eight-side football. Yeah. So, you know, being on the pitch with your colleagues, yeah. and some of them have been there 10 years, That's some of them have been there three days. Yeah. And, you know, seeing the leaders and, and having the banter and stuff like that. You know, that I get a real buzz when I see the whole company together yeah, yeah. and seeing how well they get on and seeing how well they collaborate. So I'll be honest, I get more of a buzz out of that, yeah, that than any sense. one deal or any top month or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's great. Um, so before we um, wrap up then, what's... Um, What's what's going on? What's exciting then um, in Finlay James? What's going on? Um, do you want okay. to shout about? Yeah, uh, all top secret. So uh, <laughs> no, there's a, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. Uh, you know, we uh, are still growing in Manchester. We're still growing in in San Francisco. We're still growing in in London. Uh, we've got the opportunity now to to get a you know a bit more office space uh, up in Didsbury. Nice. Uh, so uh, we've got meetings and discussions going on there uh, because what we're looking at is, you know, we're currently at, you know, 67, 68 people. You know, we see over the next two to three years, you know, doubling our headcount. Yeah, what's the vision? Uh, the vision, you know, from a perm perspective, you know, we, we want to be turning over £10 million. Yeah. You know, we want to be making £2.5 million profit. Yeah. You know, we want to be in a position whereby we are the uh, most respected and, and largest tech sales recruitment company in the world. Okay. So we want to do that where whereby we still keep that family feel. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. so we won't grow and become absolutely huge and then lose the values and lose what we've got now. So yeah. I'd prefer to not grow to that size, 
but keep the values. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if, if I've got a choice on one, you know, it's, that's the yeah. bet I'll keep. It's like what you said when you met that client, they're, they're 250 people and that CEO is great. It's, it's about maintaining that, isn't it? That's what you need to yeah, keep. Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I still, I, I love the fi- idea that, you know, for us, FJ family yeah. is is what it's all about. And, yeah. you know, I, I love the idea that, for example, you know, my kids have just headed off to uni, you know, they're 18. And, you know, six months ago, Joe actually found one of our guys in San Francisco. So, you know, he's on <laughs> the that. tools, you know, he's smashing out LinkedIn in mails and, you know, he made his first hire. So, kind love of, that. you know, big, big up to Ramsey out in San Francisco. <laughs> cool. So, um, a question I always ask um, before we finish um, so you can either answer this question with a sentence or um, a phrase, one word. If you could um, communicate to every single person uh, that works in recruitment, they'd listen to John, they'd implement your advice uh, tomorrow, what, what would you say? It's hmm, a tough one. Good question. Yeah. I think uh, I think it'd probably be a, a same word. You know, don't don't lose your integrity. Yeah. And you know. Don't lose your integrity and never forget it's all about the people and it's not about you. Yeah. Be selfless, empathetic, do the right thing. Yeah. It's always the right thing. <laughs> I, I would agree. Yeah. John, absolutely. Uh, really enjoyed that. Thanks for your time. Thanks for coming in. Cool.